Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 37. Hi, friends. It's, uh, it's time to not watch Enterprise for a week. Yep. What that a wonderful bad. vacation it was, too. Yeah. Oh, man. All week. Like, uh-huh. seriously, I had the cloud hanging uh, over me. My steps were a little lighter. Yeah. You know? The air was just a little sweeter. I whistled occasionally. Not a whole I, lot because I'm bad at it, but... <laughs> That's something I've noticed, like, working with voice actors. I have to, do, I have to manually provide the whistling for mm-hmm. everyone. No one I know knows how to whistle except for me. It's so hard. It's just not that hard you can start i'm not going to do it here because there's nothing worse than whistling into a podcast well especially failing to whistle uh uh-huh but it's just like it starts off strong and then it turns into the saddest thing there's nothing sadder than the sad whistler oh i guarantee they're sadder than that well there's sad whistler's mother i suppose that's pretty sad (laughs) makes a good painting though Uh uh-huh good painting terrible whistle you wouldn't think it would translate no and yet it does. Uh-huh. I don't know where we're going with this. <sniffs> Story of my life. Uh-huh. The Whistler's uh, Mother sketch lady. The Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. The, the Rift Tracks guys really, really nailed that one. Uh-huh. It's, what you do is you just tell everyone this is terrible. And it's over. Yep. Uh, I'm stalling because I'm trying to sign into the show mail account on a different device, and it keeps logging me they out. They change the fucking email, and... There we go. No, I I just... We talked about this earlier in the week. There is technically a Twitter account for this show. Mm-hmm. It's Paw Pod, at Paw Podcast. Don't follow it. I, I, I own it, and I uh-huh. don't remember what uh, the password is, and I don't remember what email address I registered it in, so I can't get the password. Yep. Because uh, we all went on a crazy tear for a long time where we would sign up for extra joke accounts. Oh, sure. I like a lot of people do that, and... To do that, you need a unique email address each time, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I used now. Years ago, yeah, we set it up so we could uh, so we could Periscope once. Yeah, like what am I supposed to remember my fucking other Gmail account or my Hotmail email from high? No, school? what I do is because I own like the the uh, Algar.com URL. I create an email like a, a different email address each time I have to do ah. that. Ah, so I don't have to worry about all that, but it's still a pain in the ass. Uh huh. So. Hilarious jokes at algar.com. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I have now logged in. Mm-hmm. So we can we can begin. And, and we have much mail, much, much like much music, the Canadian music channel, <laughs> only with mail. It's like the, it's like MTV, but with Alanis Morissette. MTV had Alanis Morissette, just not nearly as much by oh, volume. You'll never have as much Alanis Morissette as we do. And we no, hope you like capita. the Bare Naked Ladies. Not all of their songs, just one of their songs, over and over again, until we all die. Is it, it's been? Yeah, it is. Okay, because that that is a good song. And it's been an eternity of this song, over and over (laughs) again. Also, I like them okay, but they do feel like sort of the watered-down Canadian version of They Might Be Giants. Yeah, I can see that. Just pretty good, but Mm -hmm. not, you know. Oh, listen, man, Stunt is a great fucking CD. I'll listen to that all fucking day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> also, no, a good, have, also a good Christmas album. I have a, I have a few of their albums actually, mm-hmm. but you know, they're fine. I wouldn't want them on the radio all the time. Why, why can't Canada get more better musicians? 
because we keep shipping them in from America. Yeah, but if they're from Canada, it doesn't matter. You would think that, but no. Well, fair enough. All right, let's. We have a lot of mail, so we should probably sucks, like our. What would be nice if it, is if Dan Aykroyd would just start a band. They'd play him <sighs> all the time. He did that. It was called the Blues Brothers, and then the other guy died, and then he kept going, and it was really sad. Oh God, that's right. One of the Blues Brothers was John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. He tried like a couple of times. He tried it with Jim Belushi for a while too. Everyone tries with Jim Belushi at some <laughs> point. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, you're almost John. This could be good, right? It wasn't. Sure. Just like when the Beatles reunited with Jim Lennon. There's a there's a very cruel television show of, that could be made about Jim Belushi's life. Well, yeah, it's called According to Jim. It's been running for like 20 seasons. No, that's cruel to the audience. Well, I'm talking enough. about cruel to Jim Belushi, who deserves yeah. it. I don't know if he deserves it. Just because he's not as good as his more talented dead brother is not a, you know... That's not justified. Man, I mean, when Bill Murray dick, dies, things are going to go nuts. Uh, there's Brian Doyle Murray. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Bill Murray we, might we... already be dead, now that I think about it. Bill Murray? Yeah. Well, you he was dead to you when he shambled out in that Ghostbusters outfit a few years ago. Oh, that was like... That was... <laughs> that was one of the saddest moments for you, and I've been with you through a lot of things. Yeah. No, that was like, that was like him cameoing in a zombie movie. <laughs> As the zombie. Uh... Which I guess he did. Yeah. All right. We really should get to this mail. We have lots of mail. We're oh, going to be I at suppose. this for, for two hours. All right. So uh, usually this opening banter goes on long when we don't have much to talk about. But, uh, we do have quite a bit to talk about. So uh, not that we'll answer. We never answer your questions. I hope you know that by no, now. No, we mostly just ramble about whatever the fuck we feel like talking about. Oh, that's a good tra- trajectory. Thanks. Uh-huh. Is there a question? Well, too bad I've yeah. deleted it. All right. This first one comes from Matthew. Not, not you, a different Matthew. No, no, I'm familiar with the three other Matthews. Uh, this is, I don't believe this is any of the Matts that you know. This is, this is a new, different Matthew. No, I mean in the this... world. There's three Matthews uh, in the world other than me. Ah, is, isn't that a book written by someone, The Three Matts You Will Meet? Yeah, The Three Matts You Will like Meet in Heaven. Yeah. Um, It says, hey guys, Hi. I think we can all agree that the episode Judgment, uh, that's the one where uh, uh, Archer goes to Klingon uh, prison. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. Uh, not the one where Archer goes to the other prison or the other other prison, but the one where he goes to Klingon prison. Uh-huh. Uh, Would have ended up much better if they'd left Archer on Roropenthe. Then every few episodes, acting Captain Tripp would ask, I wonder how the captain's doing? Followed up by a shot of Archer getting his stupid face punched by the other prisoners, or Archer slowly succumbing to dilithium poisoning. I, I would love if we just cut back and he's just chipping away at the ice with a pick. <laughs> no, I like this. I like this listener's idea. This is perfect. I would not change a thing. That is just, <laughs> just getting punched. <laughs> Every two or three episodes, just doodly doodly doodly. It's just and like then... it's just like a close up of his face going like, "Well, you know," and then a fist flies into his tree and it just uh-huh. hits him. You know, my father. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. This one comes from Dan, and Dan says, "Hey, Hi, Dan." Pals. Uh, my wife has joined me in being a fan of the podcast back yeah. during the end of Voyager, and she was incredibly pumped for your Enterprise coverage. Here Uh-oh. are some assorted anecdotes. Uh, she acknowledges the show is not great, but still loves it because she used to watch it after school with her dad. That's fair. I think most fans of Enterprise have part of their fandom rooted in pre-Netflix nostalgia, where there weren't many shows on and when this was the only trek. Look, man, like, nostalgia will make you watch a lot of garbage. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Remember when we watched, uh, oh god, what the fuck was it called? Uh, The Hilarious House of Frightenstein? Yep, that's one. Or, um, what what was that fucking time travel show we watched? Voyagers. 
Yeah, Voyagers. I never, I never said that was good. I said I liked it when I was in second grade. I knew it didn't age well. Good enough. <laughs> There's a difference between, like, saying this is still great and I liked this when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Hilarious House of Frankenstein was terrible. It okay. sure was. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan continues. The podcast keep inspiring us to watch rewatch Enterprise episodes. We just listened to the most recent supplemental, and she insisted that we watch season three afterwards. The problem is that we now keep going, oh, Alan Matt are going to hate this during the episodes. Uh-huh. No, we did, too. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Uh-huh. Uh, can you think of anything in season three you liked, like any... I don't think there was one episode. Like, even in the worst of Voyager, there was at least, like, one episode we liked okay or uh, a see, guest character. I meant, hmm? I talked about this in the last episode of season three. Season three is a horrible march to the grave from one end, like, from one end to the other. That thing is just garbage. But, like, think of the worst seasons we've done. Like, mm-hmm. season one of Next Gen had a couple of good moments. Yep. And, uh, like I say, there was a couple of seasons of Voyager where we thought they were particularly bad, and there were still one or two good ones. Yep. I can't think of a single good episode. No, there was not. I don't think we watched anything where it was that bad for that long. Yeah. This is the longest sustained awful we've had. Yeah. Uh, And Dan says, she's very curious about your opinions on T'Pol's outfits. There's a, there's a checklist here. So Mm -hmm. let's go through. uh, I like, I like her outfits for the most part. I wish they weren't so. She looks fine now. I like the, I like the color of them. I like the style of them. I wish they weren't so skin tight and low cut still. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be sexy, but other than that, you know, just to make mm. them a little looser and a little less cut down to the navel. And or, I'd like you know, them. give her a uniform. That would be fine. I, that would be ideal. But, I mean, I like these uniforms is what I think we're being asked. Sure. Uh, also, our, uh, the CGI. Oh, I, uh, one of the best things about the show. Yeah. I think it's pretty well integrated, especially for 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Like. Uh, there's. There's times where it's like, oh, that that hasn't aged well, but mostly I think it has. Yeah, no, this, this has always been the, the 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 one thing Enterprise does well. I love those Zorak aliens. Yeah, no, and there's a I know some of it is practical effects and some of it is CG. Like it's it's a good mix, and I can't always tell. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, someone like Bob who is very passionate about this stuff can look at something and and tell a lot of the time. I'm sure. not that guy. You're not that guy. But really bad CG stands out. Oh yeah. And I haven't seen a ton of that, so, mm-hmm. like, I can't always see it, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and how the HVAC works on the Enterprise, which is, like, the um, the, the, the air circulation system, heating and air conditioning oh. and such. I, I have no idea. Uh, um, that's not a thing I've put much thought into. The thing is, I know this is a cop-out answer, but I, I don't care how any of this stuff works. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. And some people are like, but how does how does warp drive work? You never see them refueling. Like, so? I don't care that much. I don't, yeah. And I don't mean to disparage this this question. No, it's, it's just, just, it's not a part of the, the show that, you know, interests me that much. No, and I can't think of a funny angle off the top of my head no. either. So, now, if you want to talk I mean, about the economy, we'll go on about that for fucking ever. But uh, well, that is because the show looked us right in the eye and said, there is no money. Yep. Like, if they talked about, I guess, I guess we do spend a lot of time. No, we don't spend a lot of time crawling in vents. That's what we have Jeffrey soups. Yeah, for. I don't think there are vents. <laughs> it just hasn't come up. Certainly not owned by Jeffrey. <laughs> no, the guy's name was Matt Jeffries. Yeah, there's another Matt. Is one of the three Matts. Well, by the future, there'll be four. Of course. Uh, the last one is she keeps ex- asking me to explain why Cisco is bad at math. That's a hard explanation in that I don't remember why Cisco's bad at math. 
Uh, he just I is. do. I do. It was, and it might not have even made it on the show because sometimes, like, we do a bunch of pre-show jokes that we intend to come back to, but it's not very natural to recreate the exact conditions of a joke. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just don't make it on the show. And I, I know we were doing it with Brian, and there's uh, there was an episode of DS9 where something was happening outside the station. Yeah. And Kira or Dax, I don't remember which, was looking at a screen and calling out numbers. And it wasn't like a countdown. It wasn't a simple, we have 30 seconds left. We have 20 seconds left. The number kept being higher and lower. Oh, God, that's right. Is that better or worse? Yeah, there was no context for it at all. It was just uh, 7.2, 16, 9. And it's like, are you playing number wang? What is happening right now? <laughs> and so we we started having Cisco be confused by it. And then that evolved into he doesn't know how numbers work <laughs> so that's why there you uh, go i hope this that was comes... satisfying yeah I, it's really not but i do realize that sometimes we don't explain these things in the first place yeah. so also people are jumping on at different times so i if it doesn't take very long i guess i'll backtrack and explain but it goes against my better judgment uh this one comes from john wiggins oh this is the um o'brien um uh that that um what O'Brien does at work, Chief O'Brien at work, uh, uh, web comic. Oh God, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, this yeah. is the we we saw this quite some time ago. Yeah, but, uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, no, good it's good. Stuff. It's well yeah. drawn too. Yeah, it is. Um, this one comes from James, and James says, "Dear Matt, now, hi James. In in the last supplemental episode, which might as well be a hundred years ago, it sure was. Yeah. <laughs> you answered a question about Discovery not being very kid friendly." Mm-hmm. So did you guys miss the fairly graphic sex scene in the mid-season finale complete with Klingon boobs? It was actually pretty disturbing. I have no problem with Discovery not being kid-friendly. DS9 wasn't. Enterprise isn't anyone-friendly. And there's more than enough TNG to show the kids. Just wanted to see if you guys missed that. Did, did we say it was kid-friendly? I didn't say it was kid-friendly, but what I said was it's just as kid-friendly as Enterprise. Yeah, no, there's a pretty there's a pretty graphic sex scene in Discovery. It might have come I, after we were... We did it's the, possible. Yeah. yeah but, in fact, uh, this... Yeah. It could have been that. It could have been I wasn't thinking about it. I mean, any number of things. I I would definitely not say watch it with your kids, but I will say like Cadet Tilly saying fuck once yeah. is still better. And seeing Klingon boobs is still better than Archer torturing a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you decide where the line is with your own kids. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids, but if I were raising kids, I would show them that before I showed them anything Archer did being portrayed as... Yeah, no, I don't want any kids thinking that torture is a good way to solve your problems. It's not. Yeah, no, I but I still would not say Discovery is good for kids. If I said that, I was wrong. No, um, I and this is something we've talked about before. I wish there was a lot of Star Trek. I wish that we didn't just have the one series and the very occasional movies because Star Trek can be a lot of things. And I wish there was a light fun thing i mean you know an animated like, series or wh- something you know when i was a kid i watched the original series like and yeah, i and that got you know, heavy at times but it, it you know. could but like it never got heavy and like when it got heavy i was too young to understand it like i'd That's put fair i'd put that in front of kids a hundred percent of the time not a hundred percent of the time there's a few that are i don't know i the thing is they all have a few show the kids the apple kids love that fucking episode <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking terrible but like yeah. I said this at the time. That's what I thought Star Trek was. Three dudes yeah. exploring a planet covered in traps and monsters. Yeah. It was great. It's not great. It's, it's a not at episode. all. One of our least favorite episodes. Yeah. 
And it happened the same week as the Doomsday Machine. I'll never forget that. Because, mm-hmm. like, hey, best and worst. Here you go. Yep. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, and, and again, I'm not arguing in favor of Discovery being good for kids. It's not. It is definitely for mature audiences, but I still think it's better than Enterprise. But all of them have something. Like, Next sure. Gen had an episode where Picard was strung up and tortured. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's... And that one with the, the uh, uh, parasite aliens where the guy's head explodes. Yep. That was weirdly graphic for TNG. I guess, I don't know, I it's weird because I don't like violence, but I'm also kind of desensitive. Like, I everyone talked about how graphic the violence was in Discovery, and I just didn't notice. It's yeah, just, no. I don't know. Okay, I guess. I mean, look, I watch a lot of horror movies, so, like... Yeah, but you expect I'm, it in a horror movie. I'm I completely desensitized to gore. Yeah. And see, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, and it still just seems like a normal amount of violence to me. I don't know. I... Uh... I am, we are also supremely unqualified to say what's good for kids. Yeah, seriously. Do not ask us what uh, yeah. what is good for children. I am anticipating when my nephew is old enough to uh, come visit us, and I can just show him horrible things all day long. Well, when he gets to a certain age, that's great, but you got to make sure you wait till that certain age. Come on, kid. You're six. I'm showing you The Leprechaun, the, the movie that ruined your dad. Oh, you enjoying those lucky charms? Well, guess what? <laughs> that guy's got a whole movie. Whole bunch of movies. We're going yeah. to the hood, and then to, we're going back to the hood. To to be clear, I'm in my mid forties. Matt's in his mid thirties. Neither of us ever intend to have children. We know nothing about children. No, do not listen to us. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Dan. Hi, Dan. Shouldn't Tapal a Vulcan? Be like three to five times stronger than the rest of the crew. I feel like this whole season, Tapal is being restrained and shit. But she should be the strongest person out of all of them. That's a good point. I think they forgot that Vulcans are strong. No, I think they don't care. There's that, like, too. This like show so many clearly doesn't know how Vulcans work. It hasn't no. since the first episode. No. They're they're petty, like, condescending jerks. Mm-hmm. Who, who need to take drugs people. to have emotions. I, I guess. Even though they know enough to point out that they do have emotions, they just suppress them, which uh-huh. I think is the wrong word for it. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. It's just... Uh, yeah. Not I think... I do think this show's uh, portrayal of Vulcans is going to be one of the things that actually does improve in season four. Like That would be nice. I have mocked people's relentless going on and on about how season four is the greatest thing since sliced gum, and I don't buy it. But I do think they fixed the Vulcans. I do remember hearing about that. No. So. That'll be one thing. Yeah. Uh, and the secret origin of why Klingons have foreheads. So looking forward to that necessary story and two more episodes in the mirror universe yeah uh-huh. yeah what we need to do is spend all our time there uh, yeah ah. <laughs> seriously if each series did one single episode in the mirror universe that would be fine but mm-hmm. ds9 kind of shot the wad on that i think ds god ds9 loved the mirror universe won a season for like five or six seasons like they didn't do it in the first one or two but then they did it once a season it was like their cue i was listening to an old episode the other day um and it was the last mirror episode or uh, Mm -hmm. mirror universe episode and we were really excited about how we weren't gonna have to deal with the mirror universe until uh uh the end of enterprise little did i know (laughs) yeah no slight spoiler for discovery they spend 90 percent of it there (laughs) Looking forward to that. Um, next one is from David. Hi, David. David says, I had a dream that Gal Gadot was, I think it's Gadot, right? I, I have no idea. It's not Godot. I know that. Okay, I read then somewhere. it's, it's got to be Gadot. Yeah. Was cast as Captain Kirk in a new series, and she rocked it. 
Uh, yeah, she would. You think she could do the smarmy charm? I guarantee. There, at this point, I don't think there's anything she can't do. That's fair. I just, there's a very specific, like, I'm not saying a woman can't do it. There are women I can think of off the top of my head who could do it. Mm-hmm. But her specifically, because in Wonder Woman, she was just so, like, sweet. Yeah. No, I believe and it. Kirk's, Kirk's not sweet. We we saw a great Captain Kirk at, uh, female Captain Kirk at those uh, treks in the park we go to. Oh, yeah, I've seen a couple of different ones. And, At least two with you, yeah. come to think of it. Yeah. And they they were both fantastic. Yeah. Actually, no, come to think of it, the first one I saw with you was not a gender swap one. No, no, that was... I God, think it was, was just the second one. Yeah, my mistake. That was back when we first started this show. Yeah, it was before we started the show, actually. Oh, my God, it was, too. Yeah, that was the first uh, SV anniversary. Yeah, we went to, to Portland before you lived there. Yeah. And just hung out, and uh, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we I've seen, like... But you definitely need someone smarmy. And I'm not saying she doesn't have the acting chops. I just haven't seen her do it. Yeah. But probably. I mean, I haven't seen her anything that's not Wonder Woman, so. But, I mean, she has the gravitas. Like, back when I thought I didn't like Janeway, Mm -hmm. which, uh, once again, a thing I was very happy to be wrong about. Oh, yeah. My big thing was gravitas. Like, the captain needs gravitas. I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. They need a presence. They need to be someone you believe is a leader and fills a room. Yep. And she definitely has that. Mm-hmm. So. All right. This one comes from Mike X. Hi, Mike. Mike says, uh, this is a bit of a long one. All right. So I ended up taking your advice from the last supplemental. And while I'm still watching Enterprise along with you, I've also added DS9 beginning at the starting of, start of season six. So while Enterprise tortures to throw, uh, continues to throw crap at us like Dark Trip, Archer Torture. Tarcher? <laughs> uh People turning into stuff, creepy finger-headed mind-reading kidnap aliens, and dumb cowboy planets. Oh, God, I forgot about dumb cowboy planets. Oh, Jesus, that's right. I also get to enjoy a much better show at the same time. You know, with things like Bad Dad Wharf, Shrinking Ships, Crazy Ducat, Cisco's General Awesomeness, and, of course, Quark and Address. Mm-hmm. Shudder. <laughs> uh, the best part is that after each uh, couple of episodes, I get to re-listen to this fun podcast I know with two guys who talk about what I just watched. I was trying to limit myself to just two DS9 episodes a week to wash away the Enterprise stink, but I just couldn't keep myself from continuing on to season seven. Uh, I haven't seen most of these episodes <laughs> since they first ran, so it's been a real treat. It was especially moving to watch Far Beyond the Stars since last year, a uh, 45-year-old white guy, I've finally begun the should-have-been-earlier work of trying to educate myself on racial issues in the U.S. That's been quite a journey, and it's why this is now one of my favorite Trek episodes. It's quite uh-huh. worth watching for any Trek fan who also wants to open his or her eyes to the struggles that people of color face in this country. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so that's it. No real question. Sorry for the length, but I wanted to say thanks for the suggestion. I'd forgotten what good Trek was like, but I remember now. I also got to see Chief O'Brien say the words rectilinear expansion module, which made my inner 12-year-old smile. <laughs> Rect. Uh, take care, guys, and go back and watch that episode where Ducat forgives Cisco at the end. That beats Dumb Cowboy Planet any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I um, I've been going back through um our archives to uh, I, I'm moving the website. It's still going to be where it's always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry if you get it like if if you subscribed or whatever. It's just WordPress is kind of unwieldy, and we've got eight years worth of shows, and like I want to put them all in a neat pile. Sure. And so I, I'm going back through all the old episodes and looking at cover art and stuff like that. And like, just sort of fondly, like, oh, remember DS9? Very fondly. And then I look at Voyager and it's like, I would even take a Neelix and Chakotay episode over what we've got right now. Yep. I seriously, like, think of Voyager at its worst. I would still take that over this. Voyager at its worst is still better than any of this. 
Voyager at its worst still had like five out of eight characters I liked. Yeah, Voyager at its worst all it had Janeway, who Janeway is and a Seven, great character. And Tuvok and Balana yep. and sometimes Naomi Wildman. Like there yep. were a lot of good characters. Yep. Paris came around. Like there were a few guys we didn't like, but mostly we liked them. Mm-hmm. The doctor for the first half. Yeah. Till he became insufferable. Yep. Uh, this one comes from David. Hi, Quick, David. guys. How how would Enterprise have dealt with Michael Burnham? Um, Probably flush her out the airlock. It's it's hard to do this without spoilers is the thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to save this until we get to disco because it's a good question. All right. But uh, I, I can't I without getting into specific things that happened. I'm just going to save this. Just put that in your pocket. Yeah. No, I'm just not going to delete it. I go through and delete these. And ah. Deleting that one. Uh, this one comes from Philip. Hi, Philip. The name of your site made me think of a question. Maybe you guys can explain. In the TOS episode of Mega Glory, Spock mentioned to Kirk, the Combs and the Yangs fought the war that Earth had avoided, speaking of World War III. However, Star Trek Enterprise and Next Gen both described Earth's post-atomic horror after the events of World War III. Can this discrepancy be explained within canon? So what they're saying is, like, when the original series was done, they said, well, Earth managed to avoid World War III. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what they were... Oh, go ahead. No, just a lot of that early Trek was a little edgy about its continuity at the time. Yeah. We didn't but, even have a Federation until, I think, the second season. Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, this is this is the fun job of the of, of us. Mm. Like the, you know... It's it's up to us to speculate to to make our like no prize explanation. I suppose that's true, but also I don't really want to think about the Omega Glory. Yeah, it was a pretty terrible episode. I think what they were getting shit, at, dude. I think what they were getting at though is World War Three was not fought between the communists and uh, America. That's uh-huh. the war that they avoided. We still had a World War Three, but it was between different people. Yeah, and I don't think Star Trek has ever overtly said who it was between. Mm. That'll be like, the next prequel series they do. Uh, just keep going further back until we meet ourselves. Yep. Okay. This epi- this this uh, this Star Trek series about two guys doing a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> but they didn't cast us or even ask us. No, of course not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what they meant. I'm just gonna. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Spurious K. Hey, Spurious. Don't know why you're confused by Phlox being happy with killing things slash not acting like the standard Star Trek doctor. He condemned an entire peaceful spacefaring civilization to death, after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, mean, I always forget about that part. <laughs> I mean, I liked that episode still, but I can't remember why now. And some people might have even been Spurious K pointed out why I shouldn't. And you mm-hmm. were probably right. But just let me have this. <laughs> we, like, maybe we, it was We bad. have nothing. We have nothing I, on this show. My knee-jerk reaction was I like this, and I always like when people write in and point yeah. things out that we missed. I love that. I really do. But taking away one of the, like, three that I enjoyed, come on. Give me this crumb. Just typically I, I encourage it, but maybe, you We know. just talked about the entire season three, which had nothing good in it at all. Yeah. Not one thing. I mean, there was some Porthos, I guess. Please. We're starving. Yeah. This one comes from Tony. Hi, Tony. Tony says, hi, guys. At the time of writing, I've just listened to you covering the Beauty and the Beast episode. Oh, God, that happened this season, too. Oh, fuck. That's right. That was this episode. Oh, my God. Season three is garbage. 
on the DVD box set, there's some behind-the-scenes footage of this episode being made. It was directed by Roxanne Biggs-Dawson, who, of course, played Torres on Voyager. Mm-hmm. And when they're filming the scene where Hoshi can hear someone calling her name, it's Roxanne Biggs-Dawson saying, Hoshi, so the actress knows when to react. However, it looks to me like Torres is just dicking around with Hoshi. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, Voyager played around in time a lot. Oh, sure. They definitely could have gone back in time to a castle so that uh, Torres could yell at somebody. And and I feel like uh, when they stop making Bellana angry all the time mm-hmm. and and realize she had a fun side, she sorry, that's my Klingon half. <laughs> that's uh, it, probably Tom put her up to it. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, that's that's Hoshi Sato. She's like the legendary linguist. Let's fuck with her. Go yell at her. <laughs> no, no, just whisper. Because, you know, the thing the thing all Starfleet crews are united by, the one experience we've all had is hearing a whisper. Ugh. Oh, Hope no, I'm having psychic nightmares again. <laughs> Look, he's gone. He can hurt us in the, in the finale, but that's it. He can't hurt us anymore. Mm-hmm. He'll probably still hurt us somehow. <laughs> we were talking about this. It's possible he could worm his way back into Discovery. I mean, there's no reason he couldn't, like, other than his I old... think he... I think he's working right now on... Uh, oh, he's working on a bunch of stuff right yeah. now, but but that doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, Brian Fuller has 10 things going when he started this, which is why he quit. Mm-hmm. I assume. We'll have well, to then wait he till quit the, those other things. and We'll have to wait till the 100-year mission comes out to find the real story about that, I guess. Um, no, Matt, I mean, you, Brock... Matt, you read this new book. <laughs> oh, not yet. I've got it in my pile. <laughs> Hurry up. It's great. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, Christ, I'll be long dead by then. <laughs> I might not make it through season four at this point. <laughs> Put a phaser in my mouth. Uh, I kid, of course. Phasers aren't real. <laughs> um, no, I just it occurred to me that uh, uh, Joe Minoski, his old pal, uh-huh. uh, is on staff at Discovery and could just say, hey, you know who's a good writer? You know who has a whole bunch of scripts he never got around to using is uh, Brannon. Uh-huh. Oh, also, he's recycling them on uh, on the uh, Seth McFamily Guy show, so there's also that. No, there's that. That's what he's working on now. Yeah, among other things. Yeah. He's also, I feel like, is that Salem show still on? Maybe. Because he was involved with that, and he was producing the Neil deGrasse Tyson space show. That show's definitely not on the air anymore. He's had his fingers in a bunch of pies. No, but they're doing something new, and I think he's involved with that. Yeah. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a lot of people to correct. <laughs> he needs a platform for it. Look, guys, you know Star Trek isn't real, right? You know, like, it could never happen. That's Thanks. his podcast, Thanks, Neil. is just doing science, watching science fiction and pointing out all the flaws in it. Uh-huh. No, we, we get it, Neil. Thanks. It's like riffing, but not funny. Yeah, no, it's just being rude. <laughs> just being a joy kill. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? I'm just going to say that's a word. A joy key. Yeah, joy <laughs> Uh, This one comes from James. All right. Hi, Here James. Matt now. Boy, this shit is rough. <laughs> yeah, it is, James. It is. I don't know how you watch each of them twice. Well, here's a here's a we're gonna pull back the curtain. We Shh. haven't been. Yeah, we can't. We watch, we watch them once and we warm up, but we no longer we have we have foregone the the uh, pre episode screening now. Yeah, it's bad. We, it, it's bad, man. We can't do it anymore. Even even with Matt and sometimes a third person to talk to, I I just I can't. No, it'd be like those episodes where we just talk to each other. Yeah. No, and there, there's some of those. Even during a good one, we'll just like, oh, yeah. a lot of went on this week. Do you hear about Spider-Man or whatever, you know? Well, golly, you know, you've got like an, like 
two hours of like whatever happening and you're on the Skype with your friends like yeah and you don't have to record on a topic for quite some time so yeah. like you know plus these days this is the only time Matt and I actually talk to each other like That's we're both very really busy yeah. we got other things going on so like this is this is also like friend catch up time yeah so. we somehow still live the same despite the fact that I live in America we're still the same distance away <laughs> look Bob uh, moved to Seattle. He lives ostensibly in the same city I do. I actually live in a suburb of Seattle now, mm. but uh, but he's still like an hour away from me. Like he yep. moved here from the East Coast, and it is still a real slog to get to where he is. <clears throat> and he doesn't have a car, so either he gets on a bus or a cab all day, or I drive all day, and mm-hmm. it, so I don't see him very often either. Friendship's hard. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, he says. Uh, James says. I mean, for the first time since I've joined you guys on this journey, I just couldn't go on Enterprise in the Wild West. Twelve minutes and done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably probably not as bad as zombie Vulcans. Zombie fucking jumping the shark Vulcans. Yep, that's uh, another one I forgot about. God, the highlights of season three are just the lowest highlights I've ever been involved these in. Are, these are like flashbacks. These, oh. oh, God. It's like at the end of uh, The Usual Suspects. Yep. Where, like the flashes come to you. <laughs> like all the pieces were there. I, I should I should not still be here. It's just, I oh, should, God, that was terrible. That was terrible. This is not a very good season. That's your big revelation, your Kaiser Soze revelation. No, but this we season's not knew, very good. We already knew it wasn't very good, but I just sort of threw it in a box labeled not very good, and now I'm opening the box and looking at what's inside it. Like, mm. oh, here's why. Oh, right. Oh, that. Ugh. Uh, it's not just they're clearly zombies or acting like the Voy- Voyager-era Borg. Mm-hmm. It's that it was implied they were acting like that because they lost their ability to control emotions, meaning Vulcans without logic are zombies. At least that's yeah, that checks out. In which case, go to hell, Enterprise. Uh-huh. And then Hoshi and the Beast, or Phantom of the Sato, or Cold Poo in a Castle. <laughs> I was going to write, have these writers actually seen a next-gen episode to see what good Star Trek should be, but I suppose they could have checked out Bever Fucks a Ghost and called it a day. I mean, yeah, if that's the one you go to, like, uh-huh. you're not going to learn too many good lessons from that one. Big kudos to you, though. I laugh more during that review than I have in quite a while. Oh, good. Well, I, I hope our pain is making, like, someone laugh. Because yeah, really, I, that is the, otherwise, what is the fucking point? I, I worry sometimes that just the amount of negativity coming off of this show right now. Yeah, and that's why, like, I seriously briefly considered not doing this. It's like, why? Why? Every week we know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. Like, and how many jokes can we make about the same five things? But, I mean, you know, if people still think it's funny, then awesome. I'll take yeah. that. It's hard. It's hard from this end. Uh-huh. To, like, Discovery, even before it aired, it was like, well, this is going to be new. So, it, like, even if it's terrible. Yeah. And it ended up, on the whole, being pretty okay. But yeah. uh, it would be a completely different set of things. It's just, I don't have any more jokes for Brandon Braga's five tricks. I just don't. Like, whispering ghosts and time bullshit and reset buttons i'm just, i don't i'm yeah. done i'm so worn out uh this one comes from dc hi dc still not dc fontana no uh hey guys sorry hi. to see season three is bringing you down and unfortunately it doesn't get better however there are only four more time traveler daniels episodes jesus four more uh, daniels comes back what is left to say with that asshole oh get more cords from my suit my cord suit uh, T'Pol has an arc this season that with going into, without going into spoilers, may explain some of the acting out of character moments. Oh, I think this was sent, like, mid-season. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this says, season four isn't perfect and has a lot of the same problems with the other seasons, but it is better than three. Well, I mean, 
It would have to be. Yeah. Like, I once, not too long ago, reached for a piece of candy in the dark and put it in my mouth and only realized when it was in my mouth that it was covered in ants. Oh, God. And that was better than season three of Enterprise. Now who's the queen of ants? <laughs> it's still your wife. Damn it. Uh, this one comes from Dan. One, Brian is actually right. The Delphic Expanse, not the Zindi Expanse. Yes, I apologize yeah. already for that. Please, do I do I need to be raked over the coals again? Yes. Okay. Uh, two, Andorians are blue and their bridge is blue. That's ridiculous. That would be like humans decorating their ships in variants of tan and brown. And he includes a picture of uh, the Enterprise D bridge, which was variants of tan and brown. All right, you win this round. And I never thought of it that way, but really... Most of the colors, except what's on the display screens, are basically flesh tones. Yep. No, you're right. All of right. The, of the, uh, you know, of the spectrum of flesh tones that appear in humans. They all basically appear there. Everything from light peach to dark brown. All right. I will begin uh, lettering my uh, apology to the Andorians uh, right now. <laughs> the, just send it to the Andorian embassy. Cause, Dear you know, cause... Andorians. Oh, you don't have to do it now. I am most dishonored by my comments. Uh, they're going to read some Klingon stuff into that. You better Vis-a-vis -vis your bridge colors. I do like your use of vis-a-vis, -vis, though. <sighs> Not many people use that still. In future, I will pr try to be less judgmental about bridge colors. Yours in Christ, Matt. Uh, uh, P.S. Add a P.S., please. Uh, P.S. Uh, say, say hi to Shran for us. Tell Shran I said hi. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other. Oh, and Susie Flax. Now he owes me one. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, hi, Alan, Matt. Thanks again for creating content each week. Yada, yada, yada. Don't yada, yada over that. We need this right now. You can't yada, yada sex. If you, if you like what we're doing, we need to hear it now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And this isn't like me being an attention whore. It's just... Right now, we need to know that what we're doing, like the suffering is, is yeah, paying off to Yeah, there's got to be a point to this. Yeah. Uh, and begrudgingly powering through Enterprise. I wrote in a few years ago when I just started listening to the podcast in Voyager's, early in Voyager's run. I'm an mm -hmm. Australian who was living in Vancouver and was devastated that I'd only just missed your live Caretaker episode. Well, I'm back in Australia now, but just happening happened to be visiting some friends in Chicago at the end of June and will make every effort to come across to Seattle for the disco premiere episode. Oh, Jesus, good luck. That would be amazing, but you may not realize this, uh, Tim. Those Chicago places... to Seattle is very far. Those places are not close. Like, Australia is not a small continent, but North America is a little bigger. And I've driven. I've actually dri made uh -huh. that drive, and it is a good two or three days. Yeah. If you want to, that's awesome. Look, we'd love, love that. That would be awesome to see. But uh, I've heard from several people who have never been to a live show, never been to Seattle, who are going to mm. try to make it. Like, if even half these people manage, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, Things I am looking forward to. One. Uh-huh. The outro being updated back to Don't Sue Us, We're Just Doing This For Fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget about that because I just drop it into the timeline and don't think about what it says. But, yeah, we took the fun part out of while. Yeah, no, when we get to Discovery. That uh, show's two, fun. Two, you both being enthusiastic about new episodes again. Side note, I've started listening to We're Trying, and it's fantastic to hear Alan and Amanda review a thing you enjoyed. Even if you didn't love Vegemite that much, it's okay. It's an acquired taste even for us. Uh, we're Trying is a very good show. Well, thank you. We we are. Uh, I, if if you follow that show, you may notice there haven't been episodes for a while. We're doing the season thing. Sure. So like, there will be a new season of it soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, honestly, we ran out of stuff to do, so we're kind of compiling a new list. 
No, I get it. Also, there's, it's there's, hard to go do stuff. It's not it. it we've we've managed that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, all the stuff we did, we did most of the cheap stuff. Yeah. There's still a lot of stuff on our list, but it, it's the stuff that costs money. Yeah. Like a lot of money. Like I'd love to take a ride in a hot air balloon. That's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that costs like a thousand bucks. God, really? Uh, or like uh, skydiving. God, that is romantic just for the the fucking uh, price of it. I I mean, I didn't think of it as a romantic thing. I just like being up in the air. Like, I want to skydive, too. I wouldn't mind bungee jumping, like any of that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's all very expensive. And anything that involves traveling out of the greater Seattle area, a little pricey. So that's that's basically why the show's on pause, why we try to regroup and come up with things that are cheap or find money to do things that are not cheap. Sure. Uh, As fun as it is... as fun as it would have been to hear your opinions and theories on the episodes, events, and isolation, hearing a review in context of the whole first season will also be... Oh, I see what he's saying. Like, hearing us having already seen Discovery and knowing what's coming mm-hmm. is going to be different. But when we get to season two of Discovery, we'll be reviewing it in real time. So yeah, that'll be cool. For the first time, we'll be reviewing a currently airing show as it happens and reacting with the first thing that comes in our heads. So we're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always wrong off the top of my head. Always. Every, yeah. We loved uh, Into Darkness. Yeah. And other things. God. Yeah. We really just, did love Into Dark. God. It's it's that it's that Phantom Menace effect. Yep. It's, you walk away thinking you liked it, and then you stop and think, and it's like, wait a minute. No, I just got caught up in the hype. Yeah. And I try not to do that these days, but it's still hard. It's hard. That movie was not very good. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, this is from Mike X uh, about a month ago. Uh, hmm. Mike drew us this fantastic uh, drawing of me and Matt and b- what I call Team Useless. <laughs> the most worthless characters in Star Trek history. And I'm mm-hmm. looking because I, I, I keep printed copies of, of the uh, of the artwork like on my wall as kind of an inspirational thing. And uh, I'm looking at it now. It's got uh, Chakotay drawn as like a mannequin with like a price tag dangling off of him. It's got <laughs> Chekhov having been shot. Rom doing his Rom thing. <laughs> he's Rom. He's like he's doing like that. Um, uh, remember the Brack show? Yes. He's doing that bounce it up and down thing like Brack did. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me anyway. Uh, Neelix in his full on clown suit with clown uh-huh. shoes, and uh, uh, it's, uh, Harry Kim is special boy, mm-hmm. and um, Malcolm <laughs> looking in the wrong end of the phaser. <laughs> It is a fantastic drawing. It will be on the show notes at yep. um, postdumacorer.com. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, we set up, uh, I think, a Flickr. I don't know. I, I try to put all this art somewhere so that everyone can look through it if they're coming in late and they can see sure. this is all the art you've got. And, and I might be moving it soon, but it'll all be accessible through the main website because I, I love showing this stuff off. It oh, is, yeah. It's always worth looking at and this is one oh, of the, and the coolest things that happens when you when you have a podcast that people like is that sometimes people send you art well i think it's happened disproportionately for us like i think we get more artists because we've done so much promotion at comic cons sure we've met a lot of artists at places where podcasters like po- you know I mean, all podcasts have a lot of artists too some like. art listeners but we've gotten i think more art because we've met a lot of you know comics people sure so which is extra cool yeah um, art crow <laughs> Had to get that out of your system, didn't you? I, it was just sitting on my head, man. Just like hey, you've art. heard, you've heard art like eight times now. Yeah, I know. Oh, and my favorite thing about that piece of uh, art <laughs> is um, the background looks like the uh, the, the dentist's office. Yes, 
the the bad planet hell, five potted plants, and a shitty backdrop. Like he really nailed everything we hate about. Oh like, yeah, late era Star Trek. Also, I noticed there's no uh, useless characters from Next Gen in it. Uh, and really, all I could offer is Bever. Everyone else is like, yeah, but she didn't have a specific thing. My baby. Up oh, there we go. Yeah. So I'm I'm certainly not like I would never say go back and draw it again. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if, if Bever were in there, that, that would be hard. Um. Oh, this is more from my. This, we had a whole back and forth where his first email was like, "I, I hope you don't mind. I drew this thing. Like what?" No, this is I the best. What? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this that's what we're going to do is yell at the people who give us free art. Like, yeah. And and free great art. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, guys. Just listening Hi. to the Hatchery episode where you guys discussed Archer's torture obsession this season. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Then in Azadi Prime, he got captured again. Uh-huh. This got me thinking. Given how many times he was captured and beaten in the first two seasons, maybe we have to consider that his penchant for torturing people in season three is a result of psychological damage from all those incidents. This could explain why he's such a lousy people person when it comes to his crew. You're saying this is a I learned it from watching you, Dad situation? Yeah, basically, or like a a cycle of abuse thing. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I I mean, I guess that's true. In the sense of us providing a no-prize explanation, that's true. Uh Uh-huh. In the context of the show, I I legitimately believe they think he's a hero and he's doing the right thing. Yeah, it's that like oh, I'm making the tough decisions. He's, yeah, it's there there and and the speeches that he's given reflect that. Like, yeah, he's not. He's making extremely easy decisions. This was the tone. We've said this before. This was the tone of American rhetoric in the early 2000s, and it is shameful to look back on now if mm-hmm. if you didn't agree with it. Some people think we did the right thing, but generally, people like who are on the same wavelength as Star Trek probably don't. Mm-hmm. Star Trek tends to be a bit left of center. I mean, yeah, I, that's just how it has usually rolled. It is very strange for it to not be. Yeah, it's Gene's hippie liberal vision. Uh, look, we mock that, but... It's true. The thing is, even DS9, when it got dark, said, but the Federation is always the bright spot. Like, yeah. the whole point was... There's some evil shit out there, and sometimes we have to go to some dark places. But overall, it's because we're good. Mm-hmm. Whereas this show is like, we haven't figured out how to be good yet. We're just bad, and we keep being bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. that whole Earth is a Paradise thing in, in DS9 that they hit hard. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's... There's a question coming up, and I'm trying to psych myself up for it, because it's going to be hard to argue. It's it's a lot of, a lot of knee-jerk opinions, and I want to be able to defend it sure you'll you'll know it when you hear it uh tony continues on another note daniel day kim does have a fully fledged sci-fi show under his belt namely the babylon 5 spinoff crusade he played the first officer and was one of the best things about that show he usually is one of the best things about shows well good good for him he was real snarky in it where he would spout lines like if they start shooting shall i ask them to come back at a more convenient time that sort of thing um i never got around to crusade when i did my babylon 5 watch but uh I assume we'll probably watch A Babylon 5 when we get to our watching oh, yeah. different episodes thing. Uh, he says, oh, well, on to season four, which I personally have a lot of affection for since it starts to feel like the prequel show we wanted in the first place. It's not great Trek, but it's at least average Trek, which is an improvement. I so hope was so. The, was the point of making season three the worst thing ever just to just to like make it? Hey, now here it goes back to being mediocre. That's not so bad. You after got that, nothing huh? to complain about now. Now it's not just kicking you in the balls every week. Yeah. Now it's just boring. 
Well, like yes. season one of season one of Enterprise wasn't particularly like, um, uh, you know, upsetting. Like there were some bad to Paul, you know, the way they treated her. But sure. Apart from that, like overall, it was mostly just boring. Mm. And now it's been so terrible. Yeah. Now, you know, now we'll be glad that it's boring again. Yeah. Well, Although, what's up, well that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, oh. Let's see. This one comes from Ermin Trout. I hope I'm saying that right. Mike uh, Ermin Trout? No. <laughs> Probably related to that same name, but no. Yeah. Uh, hello and greetings. Hey, how you doing? My two favorite space jargon watchers. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Just wanted to mention that those who say season four is actually good or even the crew fulfills an arc where they go from assholes to real Starfleet officers are totally effing wrong. <laughs> I dimly remember some vague, ineffectual attempts by the new showrunners to live up to Trek principles, but it just doesn't land. Archer never has a reckoning or receives comeuppance for him being either a xenophobic dick with daddy issues and Jack Bauer with a few humanizing moments surgically removed. It's just a bunch of remember this Trek thing, fan service nonsense. Then the Federation gets founded out of the blue in the last episode. Spoiler. Cool. So no, that much forward I know. To. That much I know, and I figured it's probably, you know. I mean, that's got to be the way they end the show, right? Like, well, I know some of the things that are coming up. There's the Klingon forehead episode, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's the Mirror Universe. Like, they definitely do more fan service stuff. And look, I've said this in in um, relation to Discovery. I'm all for fan service. Like, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, 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 dis- I want that service. Like, I disparage it sometimes when it's when they go a little overboard, but I don't think Star Trek ever has. Star Trek's so scared of its history. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thing I've noticed. Like, they're so reluctant to say, here's a cool thing from before that ties into now. Yeah. Like, I, at this point, this, this franchise has done so little of that. I'm kind of hungry for it. <clears throat> like, you remember Trials and Tribulations, how great that was? Yes, I do. I think about that episode a lot because yeah. it's probably one of the best episodes. But that is the most, that is the definition of fan service. Yep. That is the, we went out of our way to make a Star Trek show unlike any other Star Trek show. And guess what? Now we're going to spend an hour back in the old one. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I loved it. Yeah. One of my favorites of all time. And I want a little more of that. Like if it's done from a place of like, we remember and respect and love this stuff. Yeah. If it feels like a TD, like, like, Brandon Braga trying to explain to you what a Borg is. No, Borg's a bad example because he kind of, you know, wrote the book on that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Like that That didn't feel like fan service. That just felt like they were out of ideas. Yeah, no. Well, it should. I guess we should do a Ferengi episode. Yeah. Which no, that's, that's one of the things you can do with a prequel is like go back and like, you know, show cool things. Well, and Discovery's doing okay with that. Like, I will get there, but mm-hmm. there's some things that I don't love, and there's some things that I think are cool. Oh yeah, we'll see. But I still don't see the point of a prequel, honestly. I don't know why they keep doing it. Because it's it's easier than inventing new stuff. It's not easy though. Like Discovery invented a whole new ship and uniforms and everything. Mm. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So, so, uh, yeah, we're still talking about Enterprise. Yeah, but I don't see the point of it being a prequel either. I said that before. Mm-hmm. All right, this one comes from Ben. Hi, Matt. Now, hi, Ben. Just just wanted to make you aware of a Star Trek Instagram account piloted by a fellow watching all of Trek in order. It's called Plants in Star Trek. 
And I think the stills are very well chosen. It comes from a place of humor and Trek love, so you might like it. Hmm. We will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. I have nothing but respect for another person who only stares at stuff in the background. I assume that's what it is. I can't, like, just from the name, I can't tell, and I haven't looked at it yet, so I'm not sure. sure. Keep on slogging through Enterprise. I look forward to listening to your podcast every Monday on my way to work. Well, thank you. you. That's always nice to hear. Also, Ben's um, little avatar in Gmail is the cover of... um, No one's going to know this reference. Maybe one person will. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Bobcat Goldthwaite's 1986, probably, uh, comedy album, Meat Bob, where it's just Bobcat Goldthwaite's scary face sticking out of a bunch of meat. <laughs> That's horrible. That's great. That's the worst thing. It's a, it's a, it's such a tiny, like, uh, thumbnail, too. On my, uh-huh. I'm reading this on my iPad. It's less than an inch across, and I still immediately recognize that it's Bobcat Goldthwaite's face and a bunch of meat. Oh, my God. Bobcat Goldthwaite does not have a good face. It's better than his voice. Funny dude. Yeah. But uh He can rough, be. I don't know. Rough face. I, I I've listened to him on uh uh Harmontown, Dan Harmon. Oh, that's right, he's got a, a bunch whole, of times. Like, well he's a he's director got, now. Yeah, he's got a whole second career now. Yeah. Like, I just I still think of him as a um as a stand up. I forget that he <laughs> as a police academy character. I stand up. I liked his stand up. Oh I'm working on a on a Bigfoot movie. That right is an now. impossible voice to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one comes from Mike X. Hey, Hi, Matt. Mike. Hey, Al. Sorry Hi. about another long email. So, Enterprise, Season 3, Episode 19, entitled Damage, a.k.a. the one where Archer just takes what he wants from Captain Damar. Oh, yeah. No. I hate this fucking episode. I do not remember much by title, but I will always remember Damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the episode in which Archer crosses the line he thought he'd never cross. Stealing? Yep. And didn't the previously worst Star Trek series ever show that we don't steal from ships, even in desperate circumstances? Terrible. Yeah, yeah uh, was... Janeway made kind of a big deal out of it. Yeah, we don't do this. And, yeah, well, Archer does. Uh-huh. Uh, this leads me to the idea that I've had that it's been helping me get through these episodes. I've started looking at the show, especially this season, as the secret origin of the Mirror Universe. I know, I know, the Mirror Universe really started when the Nazis won World War II or George Washington turned out to be a jerk or whatever the nerd reason is. But can you really imagine a federation built on the actions of Captain Jonathan Von Doom Archer? The answer is no. Don't we get the origin of the Mirror Universe? Like, isn't that what this Mirror Universe episode is? I don't think so. All right. My personal headcanon, which may or may not be right, is that the Mirror Universe was created when uh, Edith Keeler lived. Oh, that's a good one. I could be wrong, but that that feels like that seems a nice... that's that's uh, that's old Trekkie enough to uh, to work too. Like I yeah. like that. That feels like a thing Peter David would come up with. Yeah, like and it may not be true, but that's what I've always kind of thought is like <laughs> uh, Bones inadvertently created the mirror universe, and you know you're gonna do that when you're time traveling. Like alternate universe happen all the time. That's like yeah. It just no, happens. I like that. I like that a lot. Because we got that whole, like, uh, the Guardian Forever talking about how then the Nazis won and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah. Probably not that, but. No, whatever. but that is good as anything. Yeah. He says, P.S. Two additional thoughts now that I've begun my TNG rewatch. First, I noticed that one of the doomed Greek chorus owned by that deaf Algerian negotiator was played by none other than Degra himself. Oh, from that from the episode with the deaf jerk ambassador in, in Next Gen. <laughs> that deaf jerk. <laughs> Which was obvious from both his voice and just how often the episode referred to his kids. Uh-huh. Second, I just watched Measure of a Man, and now I've got something in my eye. Only if some pod- if only some podcast had warned me. That's, That's a, a good episode. 
it's a good good episode. That, was that the first really good TNG? I feel like it might have been. It one of the very first. Yeah. If if not the first, very close to it. I feel like yeah. the Sherlock Holmes one may have happened just before that, or just. Yeah, you might be right about that. Uh, or, oh God, I don't. Remember. Like there are good episodes of the of the first season, but there aren't great episodes of the first. No, no, season. this second season. They're both second. Season. No, I know. I'm just. I'm okay. saying, like, we didn't get a really good episode until season two. No, there were only a handful of good episodes in season two. Then season three came out with ever almost everything good. Yeah, but two had um, elementary dear data. It had yep. measure of a man. Uh, Q who. Uh, uh, couple that really stand out to me. That others probably just started getting good. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like. I would love to have perfect Star Trek Recall, but I God, I don't remember what we said on this show last week. No, I uh, I have trouble remembering earlier in this episode. Wait, there's a there's a friend of ours who's been subjecting himself to Enterprise. Hi, Bill, and uh, for some reason just decided to cram all of the three seasons so far so he could keep up with the podcast. Which why why, why? would you do that? I've met you. You seem like a good dude. You know better. Uh-huh. But um, it's not like we didn't warn you. But uh, he's he will often, and he immediately realized, uh, start <laughs> what, responding. Oh, my God, what have I done? No, he'll start responding to jokes that are, you know, eight months old. And then he'll say, oh, wait, you, you're not going to remember this. I don't, but I still enjoy that. Oh, no, I like it when people do that. I just don't expect me to remember. No. And I used to be shitty about it, and I realized that's a bad thing to do, and I don't do that anymore. But yeah. I, I I just don't remember. The I'm way sorry. I work, the way I work is I get a thing done, and then I don't think about it anymore. It's When people promote our video game that we released recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, NickandWilkins.com. Yes. Uh, the Adventures of Nick and Wilkins. It's on Steam. Uh, it's gotten great reviews from Kotaku and PC Gamer, like legitimate uh, uh, sources. Yeah, PC uh, Gamer. Yeah, I don't know why that's bigger than Kotaku, but there you go. Uh, I used to read the PC Gamer magazine, so like ah. that's a magazine I read as a kid that now likes a game I made. Ah, well, Nintendo Power also thinks. Well, they think Mario Three is the game of the year. But, uh. <laughs> I mean, they're still not wrong. <laughs> uh, and Wizard Magazine thinks that I don't know. Wizard whoever. Magazine thinks that Bruce Campbell should play Matt. There you go. <laughs> oh God, who plays me then? Oh God. Well, they only went on hair color, so... Yeah, that is exactly... So is your red-haired guy with a beard that's... Yeah. Oh, God, it'd probably be T.J. Miller, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Ugh, that guy's that guy's a jerk now. Yep, and then they'd pat themselves on the back for a job well done. Yeah. That casting article sucked. Anyway, my, um... I'm coming my... for you, wizard. <laughs> wizard of 1993. <laughs> <laughs> no, my point, my point is, I seriously... I'm not being obtuse when people say the game and I say, oh, that thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I try to make it a joke, but I have not thought about it since it dropped because I, I will drive myself insane if after I release a thing, I sit and obsess over what people think about it because yeah. sometimes they don't like it. Sometimes they don't notice. And that makes me sad. Yeah. And then it's, it doesn't matter if you're working on the next thing. Yeah. So, and and, you know, I know like, it's hard sometimes for people who work with me, Matt and others, to mm-hmm. keep up because I'm always on to the next thing and some people want to stop and take a breath. I get that. But I have to. That's the only way. Like so a, when you write in and say, you said this thing a month ago, I oh, You're sure. like a podcast-making shark. Uh, yes. Uh, QI recently pointed out that the uh, thing about sharks having to move forward is not true. No, uh, the blue whale is the only one that just keep, <laughs> has to keep going forward. If I had the klaxon handy. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from Lauren, uh, our, our friend who draws the great uh, caricature art. Hi, Lauren. 
Lauren drew us that um, Ducat chasing Kira like the Roadrunner. Yep, that's a great one. Yeah. Also, actually, speaking of Nick and Willikins, Lauren did a, a paid commission for me, the cover art for our last Nick and Willikins uh, radio play, hmm. which was quite nice. Um, and he says, howdy, fellas. The Hello. other day I caught a History Channel documentary made during the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Featured lots of brand new or fairly recent interviews with cast members, writers, etc. One such interviewee was Brandon Blow Your Mind Braga, who, during the segment devoted to Enterprise, was quoted as saying something along the lines of, I always tried to do right by Gene's vision, and I think he would have been proud. Long pause for... <laughs> the thing is, we've just... That's, like, that's we've, cute. We've, we've crapped on Gene's vision from day one here. Uh-huh. But... We do that because, like, we Post do still... Post-Telecore a... podcast, the only podcast that doesn't really care for Gene Roddenberry. I think history will prove us right there, because uh-huh. as as people are slowly starting to realize who was a monster and who uh-huh. was not a monster, like, a lot of that's coming out. Uh-huh, yeah. And we, I'm not going to say that's the only reason we didn't like him, but that was definitely a part of it. Yeah. Also, I just think he was, a like, a opportunistic hack. Mm-hmm. Who was way up his own ass. But by opportunistic, I mean, like, realizing that he could save the show was always about this. Who said it wasn't? Eh? No. No, no, it wasn't. Gene, no, like, read re, re, re the 50-year mission. Trek yeah. was a job. Yeah. And he was trying to sell Idic medallions as of season three of the show. Like, yep. He was Idic medallions were invented so he could sell them. Yeah. It, it's always been about the money. And yeah, yeah, there is some idealism there. There absolutely Oh, totally. Is. Like, let's not, we're not going to take that away from. No, and the core of it, we agree with. We uh-huh. do want to see a, a bright future where people are mostly good. And I like a little bit of conflict. I like, that's why I liked DS9. And that's why yeah. I liked a lot of Discovery is like, it is mostly a utopia, but people are struggling to live in it because it's hard. Yeah. That's better than everyone being perfect. Like the first season of Next Gen where nobody had any flaws at all. Nope. Like that's Just standing not around being smug future man. Like, you can be a little smug future man. But not... Like, you should also have things wrong with you. Yeah. Like, the future should be as good as we've ever been, but it shouldn't the, be perfect. Cause yeah, people, no. Well, yeah. The future can be as wonderful and idealistic as you want, but people are still people. Yeah. And, of course, people have improved themselves and most people are better, but not all mm-hmm. people are better, and... Uh, the whole point of the human condition is it's not relatable if you don't have some flaws, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, on an unrelated note, any chance of Al, Amanda, Matt, etc. getting together for a more bits to discuss uh, the most recent installment of that other sci-fi franchise your name to begin with, Star? Oh, such a yeah. hoot last time. I'm dying to hear your collected thoughts on this. I forgot about that, yeah. I, I wouldn't say no to that. I, I It feels like it's too late now. Yeah, probably. Like, it's been months. Yeah, I mean, it just came out on video, and I've watched yeah. it a few times again, and I still love it. Oh, yeah, no, uh, if you were wondering, uh, I loved it. Like, yeah. great fucking movie. Yeah, no, I think it finally moved some things forward. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like the first new Star Wars I'd seen in a long time. Like, they oh, yeah. some things that I hadn't seen. Not new in terms of anything, but new in terms of Star Wars. I love the opening with Luke so much. Yeah, I like... Like, I, after two years of waiting, that yeah. was great. Yeah, no, I, I like... Pretty much all of it, and mm. I still cannot, like, I will fully admit this, just seriously, just tears start streaming down my face every time I see Carrie Fisher. Just, oh, just God, that was, you know. oh. Yeah, still rough. When it when it dropped on video a few weeks ago, I, I put it on, like, I have a TV in front of my treadmill in the basement here, and uh, I got on it. I'm just this mess of sweat and tears by the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was fun. 
Uh, this one comes from Dan. Oh, uh, this this is calling out correctly calling out my um, my comments about uh, drug. Oh drug yes, we yeah, uh, I, we addressed, I addressed this that on the show. I addressed that. I I just want to say again, I did not mean it that way. I was no. talking about the way it's portrayed in fiction, which is which is shitty, and holding it to its own shitty standards. But I was wrong to say that. Yeah. Um, this one comes also from Ben. And it says, this is this is the screenshot from Hulu. I promise this, this is real. And it's a picture of the crew, and each of them has a word balloon. And uh, T'Pol says, stop sexualizing me. <laughs> Flock says, I'm the best character. Um, Archer says, I love torture so much, I'm going to make watching this show torture. <laughs> Trip says, my sister's a catfish. Uh, some some handsome young man behind him that I don't recognize and have never seen before. Young 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 man of color. Do you know who this is? I don't. I'm not sure. It's but his a word balloon complete says, mystery to me. Dot dot dot. Um. Malcolm says, "Yeah, dark and sexy, baby. That's the way Malcolm likes it. Oh, I'll just God. stay back here and look at everyone's bums." Oh, I threw up a little bit. And then Hoshi says, "Malcolm, I can feel you staring at me. You creep." <laughs> So we'll put this in the show notes as well. A delightful. Uh, another one from Mike X. Oh, this is the other thing that Mike drew for us, which is uh, another one of me and Matt. Yes. Uh, being embraced by Armus. Oh. Also delightful. You've seen uh-huh. I have, yes. Yeah. And he gave us the isolated images that we could use for, like, uh, avatars or whatever. Yes. Cool. Armus, possibly our greatest character. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to really give that one a think. Certainly our longest running one. <laughs> Well, Vishal's helped with that by putting him on most of the uh, the supplemental covers, too. Well, it doesn't hurt that the voice is a lot of fun to do. Is it, though? Yeah, it is, guys. Okay. You have to remember, I was never a fan, and I kind of came around, but I'm kind of going back now. No, I remember watching that episode with Flonk and just like, yeah. uh, you know, this was funny for a while, but then... Okay, then, guys, you can stop now. I don't think we can. You know, we're supposed to talk about things. Uh, maybe we can talk about this, how great this voice is. Oh, uh, please don't. <laughs> All right, this one comes from James. Okay, last letter of the season, I promise. I recently reread the Enterprise chapter in the 50-year mission, which is something I highly recommend doing. I actually plan to do that after we finish, because I don't, like, there's a couple of things that haven't been spoiled for me yet, and I kind of want to keep that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to read it knowing what I know about this show. Sure. Uh, here are some highlights. If Jolene Blaylock doesn't like to talk about the show, it's because she doesn't think it was very good. She disliked both the direction of the show and what they did with her character. Hmm, fancy that. Yeah, she's another one like Terry Farrell where I said some shitty things that I regret. Because yeah, we're I heard gonna... that she didn't like Star Trek fans and that she mm-hmm. was just ungrateful. No, that's not it. No. She I mean look what they badly. Yeah, no, look what they they made her do in the show. And I mean yeah. like now, the, the more we're learning about what you know, yeah. like Rick Berman was like behind the scenes, like yeah. Much respect to any woman who works on this show with that piece of shit. Yeah, no, and I'm sure she probably took shit from the fans too. And I feel, mm-hmm. you know, I feel bad about that. It's we talked about this on Twitter the other day. We we are constantly trying to get better about things. Yeah, there are things like like I mean, just now I I I had to reapologize for a thing I said that I hadn't thought through. Is yep. is we're trying our best. We really yeah. are. And please do not like. Do not fail to call us out if you think we're handling something poorly. Because we're trying to... I hate using the word woke because it it sounds so shitty coming out of my mouth. But Uh 
That's that's the sentiment. We're, we're, we're trying, trying to, to be better people. Yeah, trying to be more aware of things and mm-hmm. and when things are not appropriate and yeah and so forth. And some of the things that I thought going into this podcast about some of the women in Star Trek yep. were colored by more sexist thinking than I would like to admit that I did. Yeah. No. Look, we've been we've talked about this about we've been doing this show for almost nine years. Like yeah. the people we were. You can watch us evolve over that decade. Yeah, and when people say, I'm going to go back and start from the beginning, I I don't tell them not to, but it's like, oh. No, like, go ahead, but I was a shitty fucking, I was a shitty asshole in my mid-20s back then. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like that about what I said a year ago and what I said a month ago, because it's a constant process. It's not like, we're done now, we're fixed now. Yeah, absolutely. ever forward, you know? So, yeah. And again, like... If and there's one coming up where someone points out a thing that I didn't realize too, mm-hmm. like please do that. Don't you know? Don't don't yell at us. Don't be hostile about it. Just say hey. Yeah, just, like exactly cool. what you guys have been doing has been great. Just yeah. say you, maybe you didn't consider this angle, but this is actually offensive to some people. Oh yeah, shit. You're right. I'm sorry. Like no, we we're, you know we will we're trying try. You know, um, not in the sense of the podcast, but you know we're trying. <laughs> uh, let's see. James continues. Brandon Braga was a terrible showrunner, as the writing staff describes an atypical and dysfunctional writing process. In fact, according to one of those writers of Brandon Braga, quote, The failure is ultimately on me. I struggled, particularly in that first year. What the show needed was probably a better showrunner, quite frankly. Maybe it needed Ron Moore. <laughs> no, I remember I remember reading stuff like that, and, and he, yep. he flat out said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he flat out said, We were out of ideas. There was not enough there for a new series, and Rick pushed me and gave me a big bag of money, and I said, Well, okay. I do love money. I mean, I get it. If it was no, me in I, that position. Look, I also love money. Like, Also, if you've been working on Star Trek for, I mean, he started, what, halfway through Next Gen, let's say 1990, just for the sake of argument. Yeah. By 2004, he'd been doing it for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Is he going to go look for another job, or is he going to stick with the thing that he's been doing for 14 years? You yeah, it's not I mean? like, like he can just retire on that Star Trek. No, I mean, he could now. get another job. Yeah. but like, And I'm sure his work on Star Trek, whether you like it or not, is still good enough to get him a job somewhere else. Sure. But- Still, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do that? No, it just it feels like if you're gonna do Enterprise, you really needed new people working on it. No, and, and he said he said as much. Yeah, it's just Berman didn't want the franchise to die and gave well, it no. to a guy he thought could handle it, and you know, that's his fucking golden goose too. Like, uh, meanwhile, Doctor Bashir chimed in. If Ira had been in charge, things may have been different on Enterprise. This guy just didn't know what they were doing. Brandon was just a mini Rick. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Mike Sussman on the Zindi arc, which I completely agree with. I just didn't understand it from the beginning. The bad guy <laughs> aliens are testing their weapon, and they're testing it on the planet they're going to attack. It's like the <laughs> Japanese sending one plane over to Pearl Harbor and dropping a bomb. It just made no sense to me from the get-go. Yeah, I think I, I had read this, and I mentioned it on the show a couple weeks ago. Yes, you did. I remember this now. And that's where it came from. Yeah. Oh, God, that's Because, yeah, they attacked Earth so that they could then attack Earth. <laughs> what? It's not a very good show. No. <laughs> In Pearl some these, ways. Pearl, these movies you send us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, this one comes from Kevin Lynch. Do you do you recognize that name? I, it's a mystery to me. I, I don't know that name. Uh, uh, do you think Worf was always, was always going back to the homeworld because he's pee shy? Is he embarrassed of his two dicks? <laughs> Thanks, Discovery, for making me think about Worf's dicks. Yeah, look, we're not talking about that yet. We want to talk about the two-dicked aliens so bad. Uh-huh. Can't yet. Was that a Klingon? 
Uh, I don't know. It was on the Klingon homeworld. Slight uh-huh. spoiler, I guess. But I think because we were in a part of the city that was like had other aliens in it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look when we get to there. There was definitely a two-dicked something, though. All right. This one comes from Mark. Hi, Hi. Mark. Recently, you said you didn't like or understand why the crew of Enterprise would torture and steal from aliens as you would call from different races. Oh, oh, this is the one. This is our conspiracy theorist who says um, the military, or as he says, the millinery, which I believe is hat makers, uh, controls the content of the Star Trek franchise. Okay. So this, I don't know, saying that the military has input on, on Star Trek stories. Also, this listener is calling out our use of the word races. Um, every time we say it, we enforce the division between people. Well, we're not using it in the sense of people. Like, No, we're using it in the sense of aliens. Alien races are different species. That is that is just how the show rolls. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. The use of the word race in a human context is problematic. To say that Hoshi and Travis are a different race than, than Archer and Trip is racist. Mm. But to say that uh, flocks and Dorians is a different and race, humans are... Yeah. That is, that is a correct use of it, because they are aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one comes from Alice. Hi, Alice. Alice says, uh, in your episode about E-squared and the council, Al stated he didn't know if corn is a grass. <laughs> okay, this is a deep dive. This is a deep dive. Alice, I did not expect you or anyone else to get this. There is a short, an educational short. Uh, covered by the fine folks at Rift Tracks, and I recommend you go go to rifttracks.com and check this out because it is great. Uh, it is called At Your Fingertips Grass, grass Grasses, something like that. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's basically, there's this whole series of educational shorts about making super shitty crafts out of nothing, out of garbage. They have one out of making things out of like cardboard, one out of making things out of grass, like uh-huh. weave crap and at one point in the short they say is corn a grass and then they never come back to it <laughs> it's hilarious and the rift draft guys make some great jokes out of it but the the upshot is uh bill corbett one of the three guys uh one of the guys who played uh uh crow your good great friend bill corbett uh, yeah he, he he replies to me and likes my tweets from time to time which is great um he's for some reason the one everyone keeps asking hey bill is corn a grass and he's so tired of it that he has set up a website <laughs> I don't remember the URL off the top of my head. It's like iscorngrass.com or something like that. And it just says, yes. That is a long walk, but I, I do know. I, I'm I do sorry. Know. I'm dying over here. Corn is a grass. I'm aware. I hear you. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, DC has written to us before with these great uh, Lego uh, recreations. Oh, of, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I remember these. And there's a bunch more. Oh, cool. Of Archer. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a TARDIS in one of these. I'm looking at the... Um, unfortunately, I'm looking at the, uh, the, the the thumbnails right now. Like, they're mm-hmm. small. So I'm not getting all the great details. I will absolutely put these in the show notes. Uh, he's got a little Armus in here. Ooh. He's got all kinds of, like, weird looking... Like, he's taken some weird sparkly rocks and used them as, like, cool... Um, settings mm-hmm. for these guys uh, this, 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 these are great and I'm, I'm not doing them justice I know and I will post them in the show notes and you should all look at these because they are fantastic yes uh, this one comes from Rob hi Rob he says, 
Uh, hey, sorry to hear you're having such a hard time with Enterprise. Here's a bear painted to look like Spock. Hope it <laughs> cheers you up a little. And it is indeed a statue of a bear painted to look like Spock. Oh, this might fuck, be in that, Vancouver. I think that's in Vancouver. I think I, I, think I know this bear. Because you guys... <laughs> what's his name? Spock Bear. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought it might be something better than that. No. <laughs> it's not better than that. The post-atomic bear. <laughs> I don't no, there's know. also there's a Darth Vader bear. Yeah, I remember. What was the because it was happening? Did it happen when you guys had the Olympics? Is that what it was? I think it might have been the Olympics. I couldn't tell you for sure, but basically what it was was we did we had an art uh, thing for Vancouver Bro. where uh, we put up these statues of bears all over the place, and we would get like local artists to paint them. Yeah, it was like a branding thing for the city of Vancouver. So there was a lot of ones that were just like you know like abstract art or like you know uh-huh. like a rainbow or whatever. But mm-hmm. there were two. There's there's the Spock Bear, mm-hmm. whose real name is Spock Bear, uh-huh. and there was Darth Bearder. That's not very good either. No. I mean, I, I could work- about it. <laughs> I could workshop this shit, but uh, it's yeah. not really worth it. I don't live there anymore. Ursa Vader. That would be much better. Oh, shit. That is better. Damn it. That's just off the top of my head. Like, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you and I could come up with something even better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one also comes from DC. Uh, oh, by the way, the picture of that Spock bear will be in the show notes. Like yes. Rob has, has provided it. And I will Once I see it, I'll confirm. Uh, DC says, hey, congratulations on enduring season three and good luck with four. While not brilliant is a step up from three and more. I love everyone's walking it back now. Yep. Because everyone's like, oh, no, season four is when it really gets good. And now everyone's like, shit, they're going to see through that. No, you know what? It's OK. Don't don't get your hopes up, guys. Don't blame me when this sucks. Yeah. Because a couple of people said season three was good. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> Everyone's heard how we turned on Flunk for liking Enterprise. They don't want to be Flunk. It's not funny anymore, but come on, man. Yeah. The show's not good, and he knows it's not good. I don't know why he mm-hmm. told us that. Uh, the episode of Archer torturing the aliens is horrible, and the only other time I can think of this happening is Star Trek Six with Valeris, which on another movie podcast called The Projection Booth, Nicholas Meyer talks about it. Mm. Uh, and I'll link to this. Uh, in the interview, he says that he finds it very distressing scene to look at because it's basically torture for information, and that's wrong. Yep. Unreliable. And that he winces at it now and is embarrassed by it. Yeah, we, we called it out at the time. It's where yeah. um, uh, Spock sort of force uh, forces melds. Forces a mind meld on, uh, on yeah. Kim Cattrall. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one comes from Alice. Hi, Alice. Again. Yeah. Alice says, Dear Posties, I'm going to have to ruin Trips Gets Pregnant for you. It's a rape episode. The sparkly orange lizard lady gets tripped to have sex with her by telling him that the pebble thing is a game. Tell me that's not fucked up. Then when she finds out he's pregnant, she apologizes and Trip tells her there's no need to apologize. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't think the writers meant for it to be a rape episode because men don't get raped because they always want sex. Mm-hmm. I think they stumbled blindly into a rape episode because they didn't know any better. Yours yep. in the Sphere Builders, Alice. That is definitely a valid way to look at it. Yep, and definitely not something that occurred to us at the time. It is a good point, well argued. Yep. Uh, I will say the tone of the... Yeah, you're right, it was accidental. Mm -hmm. Because the tone of the episode did not reflect... Like, to me... Oh, boy. (laughs) Here I am, a guy, trying to make this definition to a woman. This can only end badly. So our next question... (laughs) With that in mind, no, just real quick. I I ran this by an actual woman, just to make Mm -hmm. sure it made sense. No, I, I, I honestly do that sometimes. Like, I, before I run my mouth about any women's sure. issues, I talk to some women and make sure, hey, I'm not nuts, right? Like, this is something. Because I don't want to be that guy. Uh-huh. I don't want to mansplain feminism to you for God's sake. 
no, it just to me the, the a rape scenario involves a power dynamic. It involves someone having power over you, and and a lot of people will tell you this: rape doesn't have to do with sex. It has to do with power. It has to do with overpowering someone, and and you know, like taking something from mm-hmm. them. And the context of the episode wasn't really that. So in that sense, I don't think that it was. But that that's my personal interpretation. Yeah, I think this your, is absolutely a great way to look. Your at opinion it. is also incredibly completely. Yeah, reckless. no, no, I'm not like. For sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to hold this one because this is uh, this is this will be a Discovery. good show closing one. Oh, okay. Uh, this one from Steven. Hi, Steven. Hello. Post- hey, Steven. Hey, Steven. Uh, hello, Post Toasties. First of all, thanks to Matt for making the reptiles in the Galaxy Quest Aliens connection. That was really bugging me and I didn't even know it. Right? <laughs> It was for, for like a huge chunk of season three. Like, Why the fuck do I know these guys? Oh, they look exactly like the goddamn Galaxy Quest aliens. I've seen Galaxy Quest exactly once, so I, I couldn't tell you. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's fine. That was I, one of those. I didn't, I didn't see it for years and years, and then I was like really sick one day, and it was on Netflix. I was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. No, it's one of those. And actually, this guy was Flonk, but it's one of those that uh, fans of it kind of like. Flonk went around for years saying Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie, and I know mm. why he said that, just to sort of be deliberately yeah. confrontational. And, like, it's funny, but on the other hand, it's like, fuck Galaxy Quest. <laughs> it's just, that's my, that was my reaction. So, <laughs> but no, it's fine. I mean, you know, Tim Allen's a piece of shit, but what are you going to do? Yeah, seriously. Uh, Steven continues, Enterprise, yikes, right? Got a couple of odds and ends questions. Why do all the heavily religious people wear earth tones on Star Trek? Is that just Star Trek shorthand? Probably. Yeah. That's a I mean, monk thing, right? Earth tones? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. You get those, well, now that I think of it, I was going to say you get those sort of vividly uh, colored like Buddhist robes, but they're still earth tony. Yeah. But they're they're bright, but they're still the same. So, yeah. I'm probably Krishna probably. wear like orange. I mean, because they draw, dress most of the Star Trek guys in bright primary colors it's probably just an easy visual contrast i would guess yeah that's true uh he goes on what's with the writers just writing archer however it's convenient that week sometimes he doesn't mind doing horrible things to save the crew other times he says we can't be as bad as our enemies i know there's a lot of problems with the writing but at the very least you can be consistently bad mm, i don't think they can i mean i i've had this complaint with all of the characters yeah everyone acts the way the story requires them to act every fucking week yep and that's just like like that's, Flocks. You call out his bad shit. Yeah, sometimes he does bad shit. Sometimes yep. he's okay. And trip. It's and all of them. It's a very poorly written show. Yep. It's not very good. I don't know if we've no. gotten that point across. <laughs> but just just in case you weren't picking up what we were laying down. Yeah, Enterprise is not a very good television program. It's not very good, butthead. <laughs> uh, Star Trek has had a history of trying to show a brighter tomorrow, and you've talked a lot about Geordi's blindness and why they couldn't give him sight when they can willy-nilly change DNA. Mm-hmm. How would you show inclusiveness for those disabilities in Star Trek if humanity was able to cure an illness or disability? Would you have aliens with mental issues or disabilities? Uh, Excellent question. Uh, it, is, it is a great question, and it's another one of those things I don't feel qualified to answer. Nope. Like, I get what they were going for with Jordy, and it's absolutely, like, it's yep. good that they had that. It is absolutely good that they did that. But, yeah, when they then kept presenting us with the solution to his problem right there, mm-hmm. it was hard not to say, well, wh- okay, but why is he blind? Yeah. And eventually they just, you know. Well, that's because LeVar Burton the... got tired of the visor. That's understandable. Um, yeah, he wore it for seven years and at least one of the movies he got fucking sick of it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to wear that thing either. I bet it's real hard to see out of. I remember pointing this out. There was an episode, I think it was the one with the deaf ambassador that someone talked about earlier, 
mm. where the whole episode was like overcoming adversity and like like it was really in your face about like the, the handicapped and and, and it, like I applauded them for doing it, but it was so over the top when the whole time we've had Jordy just doing his job and being great. Yeah. I remember specifically saying that, like, mm-hmm. like you don't have to rub our faces in this idea. You've had this idea. Like to me, the best way to talk about stuff is to normalize it. Yeah. Every week you got and there. This he blind is every guy. week doing his job. Great. Yeah. The, the most likable guy in the crew, the, the guy who rose to chief engineer. Cause he was so good at it. Yep. And like, and he has his problems, but for the most part, he's a great guy. And mm-hmm. he also happens to be blind. Like to me, yeah. that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. But I, as far as other disability, like I don't, I'm so unqualified to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely just, think this is something that Trek after Next Gen could have done more of. Like, I think, uh, and we're, I think Trek has a problem specifically with um, mental health stuff. That is mm-hmm. one thing I'm somewhat caught. Like you and I both, admittedly, suffer from various levels of depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, well, like, let's take a look at uh, our friend Reg Barkley and his fucking mental problems. Yeah, that was how he was well that he was was a cartoon. Yeah, I I would say we have seen better representations of that since Mm -hmm. I would say without getting into too many specifics that Tilly has some shades of of what they were trying to do with Barkley only better. Yeah, definitely. Um, But uh, someone was pointing this out on on Twitter the other day. Uh, The way Trek handles PTSD is terrible. Uh huh, and it continues to be terrible into Discovery. Like mm-hmm. it's still not good. I I just I wish they were better at it, especially for if you do have all these good people who don't see war anymore, and then you drop them in something bad. Yeah, totally. That's that's a thing you could talk about, and you can that use the show to talk about. You take like a ship full of science nerds and like yeah, throw them into a war run by a fucking psychopath. Yeah, or like, even just encountering a Klingon one day. Not even a yeah. full war, just a bad day. Yeah, like... Anyway. Yeah. No, it's, <clears throat> it, it, it's something they could do better, and I can't remember. There's been a couple of times where it's been okay. but usually... The uh, the Nog one, I always think, is a yeah, pretty good episode. Yeah, that was a good one, because that was about, like, escapism. Mm-hmm. Like, he just lived on the holodeck and tried not to think about his problems. That was actually pretty relatable. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, the crazy guy is the bad guy. Yeah, which is that's always fun. I mean, your favorite episode of the original series, Matt Decker was crazy. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're wrong to think is great because it's still a great episode. Oh, yeah. No. One of the things I like about that episode is like just he spends that episode shocked, basically, just like also it was written in the 60s and it was building on a bunch of like literary stuff like Moby Dick and a bunch of other things like it's yeah absolutely it's it was dealing in very broad strokes it was not trying to be a subtle statement on mental health it was no just about a guy who snapped and I don't expect that from 60s Trek but I would expect it now yeah so um that close-up on trip thinking joke and eventually running with seagulls made watch (laughs) season three worth it yeah I I remember that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was what we were talking about. Because I was thinking about that scene from Seinfeld where it was a runner. They did it a couple of times where I think Jerry and I think George were sitting on a bench at like uh, uh, on a on a boardwalk near the ocean. <laughs> and they do a close-up yeah. of them thinking and, and pondering something in their lives. And then they come to a decision and they'd get up and run and the seagulls would take off. And, and then they reused it like four times in the show. That's what I'm saying. It was like a running joke. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, it was it was done on purpose. It wasn't like they were out of ideas. It was they were they were calling back to it. But yeah. Um, um, Stephen says, uh, "Can you do some trip deep thoughts?" And he gives us some <laughs> some things to start off with. I wonder if there's catfish on the moon. I wonder if they ever made a movie after the 70s. I wonder if Mark Twain, Hillbilly, Handfish, and two glorious glistening catfishes on each arm is my spirit animal. So, along along those lines. You know, I bet if I built a swamp boat big enough, it would never uh, I would never actually have to move anywhere. It would just already be there. Captain, do these uniforms come in shorts? <laughs> you Captain, ever fight a mosquito as big as a football? Can you can you deep fry these red cubes? <laughs> I think I, you have a better handle on cartoon trip than I do. Cat, my body's eighty percent grease. <laughs> also, I just I keep wanting to use Jason Mendoza quotes. Jordles. <laughs> I ain't never, I ain't never encountered a problem that couldn't be solved by a Molotov cocktail. You Boom. throw one of those, suddenly you got a brand new problem. New problem. <laughs> and it was dope. <laughs> uh, oh, and this is something I had actually teased the audience. Like I, I put this on on Twitter. Uh, I hope season four is better. The way Archer treated Hoshi in the last couple episodes was the cherry on the I will never watch this again Sunday. Sure was. Thanks again for an entertaining and informative show. Um. This one comes again from Kevin Lynch. I don't know who that is. It's an odd name. And it says, guys, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Disco bones could be a real thing. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm. Yeah. I mean, he is a real thing. Yeah, but, you know, bones could be on disco. Yep. That would be amazing. Which, if, if you, for some reason you have managed to avoid this, is the official shorthand for discovery. Yes. Took me a while to pick up on, so... Uh, well, they were wearing shirts that say disco on them. Yeah, that really confused me for a while. Really? You didn't know what that was? Nope. I'm oh. kind of dumb, so... <laughs> and yet, you'll notice a fan or a shovel. Uh-huh. Okay. Fair enough. I know it's not... Watching, it's not that you're I'm dumb. Watching them, I'm watching them jog around on the ship wearing their disco workout shirts. I'm like, the fuck do they... Do they like disco? What the fuck? <laughs> no, and I think that might have been the same episode where they actually went to a dance party. Uh-huh. So that may have confused you further. Are they no, looking you're, forward to the disco later? You're right. you're not dumb. It's just you notice different things. Like I'm thinking in terms of wordplay. You're thinking in terms of weird stuff on the set. Like <laughs> you know, lousy our, shovel. Our brains just go different places. Is all. <laughs> um, but the um, that that does remind me that we are still selling the post-a-toe shirts. Yes. Uh, postnomicor.com. Follow the link to store. Uh, we have sold a few of those and. Uh, also, if you have one and you're coming to our live show, I would absolutely love to see you in it. Yes, please. Uh, people are talking about cosplaying, which would also be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you want to wear something that's cool, uh, Caitlin's talking about wearing her um, seven her of seven. nine outfit. Yeah, and then Bob uh, said, "Oh, well, I got some stuff. I could throw something together." So I think like the ball has started rolling from that. And uh, I don't know. I, I'll I'm sure I'll find something. But um, yeah. That, that is also, I don't know if I mentioned that recently, June 30th at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. They've actually set up a link now for uh, tickets, which I will link in the show notes. Also, if you are uh, if you like the Algar Productions page on Facebook, uh, there's a link there as well. Uh, the thing about this venue is we are not charging admission. We, we legally can't charge admission if we are screening a copyrighted thing. Yeah. We can't charge you f- for watching something we're not technically supposed to be able to show you in public. Mm-hmm. But we there's are showing you could buy. 
Yeah. No, no, no. The thing is, we are showing the episode. We are recording our show. This is all completely legal. Mm. And we ask that you donate to the venue, what you think is fair. It is a pay-what-you-want thing. So the links aren't so much to buy tickets, but you should go there if you intend to go to show the venue that you intend to go. Yes. If a whole bunch of people are coming, then they need to know to put out more chairs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing. It's a small venue, but it's also pretty, like, flexible venue where they could expand it. So let them know if you intend to come. I'm... It looks so far, like we've done, this is our fourth or fifth one at the Pocket Theater. And it's a nice, it's like a little black box theater. It usually holds about 20. It can hold 50. Like yeah. It's not, a, it's not a big venue, but we usually get 15 to 20 people to show up. Yeah. But this time, like I said, this is the fourth or fifth time we've done this. I've never seen as much buzz as I have this early in the process. That's awesome. Like people expressing interest on the, on the Facebook event. And mm-hmm. you know how that works. One of the 10 of those will show up. Yeah. But I've never seen, like, there were names I didn't recognize. Like, it's ah. not just our friends. It's people say, oh, Star Trek, Star Trek podcast, funny, talking about the new series. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go to that. Like, it's, I'm, we're trying our best to make it accessible to new people. Yeah. Like, yeah, there is going to be 370 episodes of baggage, but we're going to try to say, <laughs> look, coming in fresh, watch this one episode with us and you have all the context that we have and then you're good. Yeah. So we should probably go easy on the trip and, and Armus references, I would think. Oh, man. Just easy. Not not completely <laughs> none. You know, just a few. Captain, um, I swallowed a wrench. <laughs> I'll get it out, buddy. Here, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a walking syrup of Ipecac. Oh, Lord. Just swallow me. I'm inside of you. <laughs> well, he is the skin of evil. Uh-huh. Now he's like the guts of evil too. Oh God! I'm a whole. I'm a real boy of evil. <laughs> when I lie, my goopy nose gets longer. I got no strings. I, I suddenly satch mode the armus. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the one I've been sitting on. This is the penultimate one. There's there's a there's a grand finale one that Brian sent us that that we definitely need to go out on. All right. Uh, but prior to that, this this one definitely requires some discussion, so I was holding on to it. This one comes from uh, Justin. He's been listening for a long time. He, he talks to us on Twitter a fair amount. He says, So in the finale, Daniel showed up and basically told Archer he's George Washington. But I can definitely see why people think of him as Hans Sprungfeld, a silver-tongued cousin-marrying pirate. <laughs> I'm probably giving the writers way too much credit, but I think Archer is a response to the Star Trek idea of a captain. They all gave speeches about not being a military organization and bettering themselves and not being about revenge. But Kirk created flintlocks on planet Vietnam and private little war to shift the balance of power in a war uh, in a small nation backed by the Federation against the Klingons, while Trek brags to this day about the social commentary about opposing the war. He also violated the Prime Directive and set up a forward beachhead on Organia to fight the Klingons and essentially called pacifist pussies. Picard is probably the most honest one when it comes to upholding the ideals they spout, but but if it's a personal issue, he isn't above replicating a Tommy gun and going nuts and smashing his little ships. Sisko, with the exception of that one time he poisoned a Maquis planet, always found someone else to do his dirty work. He had Garrick murder a Romulan senator that in the end killed millions of Romulan soldiers based on a lie. Then he told Worf to kill Galron so the Federation would have a friendlier Klingon as Chancellor, and he's everyone's favorite captain. Janeway once tied a guy to a chair and let in Slimer to kill him. At the end of the episode, after she let Chakotay out of the brig, the crew was having a potluck and she offered to bring the croutons to make peace. That's mighty big of you, Kathy. 
So when I watch Crud Face Archer throw people in the airlock and rip out Damar's warp engine, he's doing it because he's an asshole and using the ends of saving Earth as the means to do whatever the hell he wants to survive. He doesn't give some holier-than-thou speech about the betterment of Starfleet and their ideals. He steamrolls over people the same way other captains did, but he isn't a hypocrite about it. That's why I don't hate him. He's calling bullshit on the hypocrisy, uh, Trek's hypocrisy of do-gooders. He does squint too much, though. <laughs> so, you know, funny points. I don't agree with mm-hmm. any of them, but, no. you know, well, well-made points. Yep, but this definitely requires a bit of discussion. Yeah, um, yeah, I still don't see it. I mean, well, you got to give more than that. He's just maybe it's just how much torture he does. It's every episode almost. Well, in this season for sure, definitely, and just like he's just he's just terrible. It's the thing is, I've been thinking about this all week because this is really not something I just want to dismiss because it is a good no, point. No, not at but all. I don't, but I don't those agree are fair with points. The thing is, okay, first of all, this show had fewer episodes than Next Gen Voyager and DS9. Mm. Those shows had each about 180, give or take, 150 to 180, somewhere in that range. Like more than 100, almost 200. This show has 100. So, like, already you have more, like, chances where they're going to write them out of character once or twice. Like, you're going to run into a couple of episodes out of 180 where Picard was a jerk once. Mm. In this show, you only got 100 episodes, so every time it happens, it's a bigger percentage, if you see what I mean. But that said, he does it more frequently even then. Like, it's probably 50% of the time we see Archer, he's being an awful person. Yeah. Maybe 5% of the time you see those other guys. Maybe 10% for Cisco. The thing about Cisco is he started out being a pretty principled guy. Then things got worse and worse, and every day we saw the actual consequences to the point where we understood where he was coming from. Yeah. We didn't agree with it necessarily, but we understood it. Archer Mm -hmm. saw Earth was devastated, left Earth, never talked to Earth again except for occasionally calling the Admiral. So it's like, it's all removed. It's all, you know what I mean? Like, you don't understand what the stakes are. You don't care because... Archer's doing it because he says he needds to, but you never yeah. understand what that means. Cisco's got his son right there. He's yeah. got friends dying all around him. You know what I mean? Like, it makes more sense. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make the actions better. No. But it... But it's just... Does, you, get, you get in his head. I can understand, understand where he's coming from. Yeah. You know? So Whereas... Do you feel like you know Jonathan Archer any better as a person than you did in the pilot? Not really. That's the big thing, is I understood Cisco, and I didn't always agree with his decisions, but I they they were consistent, you know? Yeah. Like, I got how the guy thought. I do not get Archer. I just, it just, it always seems like he's just, he's always angry, and he's always, like, the easiest thing to do is to just, you know, torture or steal your problems away. There's yeah, that's no, just it. There's no looking, there's no even trying to look for another solution. No. It's just like, yeah, this is easiest. Yeah. I'm in a hurry. We've definitely, like, there was that one time when they stole the, uh, the, the Demar's engines where... He's, there was no, like, ticking clock, really. They had to get there fast. Yeah. But they would have gotten there eventually anyway. It's not like yeah. they were going to die. No, but they needed it now. And so they yeah. leave these people to, like, basically stranded in the middle of Zindi space to die. Yeah. And we there's no consequences to that those actions. Yeah. There's no feeling bad about it. There's nothing. It's just, well, I had to. And then Trip tells him that he did the right thing. That's horse shit. Yeah, and you had that whole episode where... He was acting wildly out of character, and the crew was so blinded by loyalty that they mutinied on his behalf. Yeah. I just... Oh, it, God. 
I, Whereas Cisco, I can't fucking stand like, him. I keep thinking back to In the Pale Moonlight, because that mm-hmm. is Cisco's moment where he did something truly horrible. He absolutely yes. did. But... And it's one of the best episodes of that show. It is, but... Uh, I don't... I, I'm really trying hard to explain why they're different, because they are different. It's... It's a thing... Uh, yeah, all my all my answers are just going to sound like they can apply to Archer as well. Mm-hmm. It, it really comes down to knowing what Cisco is about and understanding the way he thought. And that happened in like season six and really getting who he was. Yeah. And I don't know Jonathan Archer. His characterization has been so piss poor. I, like, I was bored by him and all he had was his dumb daddy issues and his smugness. And now he's got torture. Like, yeah, there's nothing about him. What does he like to do? Like, he likes water yeah. polo. That's it. Like, yeah. Cisco, we know he liked to cook, he liked baseball, he liked hanging out with his son. Like, he had so mm-hmm. many things about him. There's layers to this char- character. Yeah. Not even and just I mean, layers, that's but, true of, but details. Yeah, like, no. And that's true of, any, of all of the, the Trek captains. Like, I could rattle yeah. off information on all of those guys, all of those characters. Yeah. Cisco, or uh, uh, Archer, I know he likes water polo and he has a dog. Like, that yeah. is all I know about him. But otherwise, he's this weird blank slate that mostly is just kind of pissed off all the time. Yeah. And that's like really even when he's not, down. even when he's not trying to kill the the Zindi, he's in kind of a shitty mood most of the time. No, and constantly pushing his his human centric ideals on every alien race. Yeah, like that we haven't gotten back to this in a while. Seasons. Yeah, but like that and his whole daddy thing. Like, yeah. no, and the first two seasons were all about him going, like being the first human to visit aliens and tell them how great humans are. Yeah, and there's some of that in all of Star Trek, but it, it is real bad in this. Mm-hmm. So you know. That's that's really what it comes down to is I understood when any of those guys were pushed into a bad position. I didn't always agree with it, but I at least understood where they came from. Archer just did it because he did it. Like, yeah, I don't. Ugh, yeah. Uh, ultimately, I guess is an agree to disagree situation. It's like it's always it feels like I got to make the tough decisions. And it's just like from what it feels like is that there's no there's no decision at all. It's just like, mm, yeah. I'm just doing this. Yeah, but last time I made a guy suffer, so why don't I just do that again? That was easy. Yeah, it worked real good last time. Like, yeah. Ugh. All right. Uh, okay, final one comes from Brian, mm-hmm. regular regular post-atomic horror contributor Brian, and he has sent what I believe is a song, and we are both hearing this for the first time. Excellent. Hey, guys, I was uh, just listening to your episode on Exile, the uh, Hoshi goes to an evil castle in outer space episode. Uh, it was very good. Uh, I was I was particularly struck by the uh, the analysis of the storytelling because you guys correctly pointed out that it was a take on Beauty and the Beast. Of course, it wasn't very hard to see. Honestly, the only complaint I had was uh, Matt calling it a later Disney movie. It's kind of a weird way of putting it, Matt. In order to put this in Canadian terms for you, that movie came out closer to the introduction of the Maple Leaf flag than it did to the present day. You know. That that movie is nearly as old as we are, so uh, calling it a later Disney movie is a little strange to me. Um, but you know, I'm not surprised that it struck that 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 classic storytelling chord. You know, it's easy to make a Star Trek story out of you know a, a legend this timeless, a, a myth this classical. Uh, Tale as old as time True as it can be Taking quite a chance In the Delphic expanse 
searching for Zindi. A guy inside her brain Creep to say the least Lonely out in space Fingers on his face Hoshi and the beast In his castle walls With his crystal balls Luring women there Setting up jump scares With long distance calls Tale as old as time Psychic synergy He gives the heebie-jeebs more than Lieutenant Reed's browser history. My interest in this show has steadily decreased. Finding love is hard. Graves in his backyard. Hoshi and the Beast. Episode I hate Pizza on a plate Hoshi and The Beast Be our guest, be our guest. Our big space boat is the best. Try the catfish, it's delicious. Don't believe it. <laughs> oh, Brian, that was perfect. Oh, now, I, shit. I'm sure he got a hold of a karaoke track or something, but I can't picture anything but Brian sitting at a full grand piano. I was legitimately thinking the exact same thing. In a tux and tails with like uh-huh. a, a candelabra on it. Yeah, the white gloves. I mean, knowing him and the amount of work that goes into stuff like this, I yeah. kind of buy it, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was that was beautiful, Brian. God I, I will, damn. I will jump in and nitpick a little and defend uh, Matt calling it a recent Disney movie in the sense of Disney made a bunch of stuff and then they stopped and then they started again. And you know this because you made a Disney blog, Brian. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same way as referring to modern Trek as everything after next gen. Like, yeah, it's still very old. Yes. But there's a clear break between the classic stuff and the more recent stuff. Also, come on, it's not like it was that old. It only came out 20-some-odd years ago. He said it's almost as old as you guys are, which isn't quite true. It came out in, like, 1991, and you guys were born in the 80s. But still, yep. you know, it's, yeah, a long time ago. Uh-huh. Anyway, I don't normally nitpick most people, but because it's Brian, I kind of wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's not recent, but it's more yeah. recent than Pinocchio and Snow White. Yes. That's all. Uh, so that's that's it for this time. I figured that would be the, the, the best thing to, to end things on. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and one, one last thing I wanted to put the call out, um, as we, as we finish, as we finish all of Star Trek, we are 95% done, like of all Star Trek. Yeah. Um, I really want to start like 
just, just bragging, just openly bragging and saying we are the only podcast that that did it. Has done finished. every yeah. episode. Yeah, and 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 I will not feel comfortable doing that unless I know for absolute sure that we are. And and yeah. our friend Tidro actually did some some research for us and was not able to find anything that had even come close. But yeah. this is an appeal to you, the correcting nerds. This is your time to shine. Yeah, if you can find another podcast if, that has done if all we're of wrong. It, if if someone has actually covered these 750 or so episodes of all of Star Trek before us or is getting real close, mm-hmm. let us know. Say, well, actually, like, this is your time. Yeah, no, we, like, we want to know. Do. Yeah, because... Because if, if it's just us, I'm that's a big deal. never shut up about that. Yeah. But no, I, I seriously think that might be an excuse for us to try to see to get about getting some media coverage. Mm. Like, hey, official Star Trek website. We're the only podcast to review all of Star Trek. Maybe maybe do a little write-up about us. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is of interest to someone. Yeah. Presumably, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, if, if you know of any, please let us know. I, this is not a call to let us know about all Star Trek podcasts, because that, that I don't... Uh, podcasts, man. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, if, if you know of any that have done what we do and are close to getting done, please yeah. let us know. Uh, and that's all for this time. So yeah. next week we pick up with uh, season four, which we are told is the greatest thing humans have ever created. Uh-huh. So that's a an thing. actual miracle of television. So yeah, like something the, to look forward to. I don't think it's been officially canonized by the church yet, but it's definitely in sort of their pending like one day, you know, like the miracle of the loaves and fishes and, and uh, whatever they did with the, the Mother Teresa a few years ago and, and Enterprise season four. Whatever they did with Mother Teresa. I don't know. They just didn't they saint her or something. I don't know what. The... Anybody else wonder what what they did to Mother Teresa? She was around for a while and then she just disappeared. Yeah, I don't know. The church was involved. Look into I guess. it, man. I think the U.S. millinery was involved. <laughs> anyway, uh, we anyway, will, we will be doing twelve more weeks of of Enterprise, and then it's on to Discovery. So it's pretty. Yep. You know, we're still in the tunnel, but there there is some kind of a light. I think. Uh huh. And on June thirtieth, please join us at the at the Pocket Theater in at Seattle. At that light, and watch us, you know, burn Rick Celebrate. Herman in effigy or something. Celebrate never having to watch Enterprise ever again, or any Star Trek made by Rick Berman. Uh huh. This this will be a glorious time for us, and it is only yeah. three months away. So looking forward to that. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, We're still just doing this.